Welcome everybody to Conversation with a Cancer. I am your cancer and this is episode 14. And today we have a really great guest, someone that I've been paying close attention to on Twitter. And I actually watch his YouTube page because his shoe reviews are very informal and I feel like this is a good person for me to get to know a little bit more. Also introduce to my audience because I'm pretty sure everyone likes shoes. So this is a person who can help you out with your, with your decision. But let's get to know him first and foremost. I want to introduce everybody to International O. Say hello to the people. Hey, how y'all? How you guys doing? Good, good. So right away, man, you know, I just want to know, how are you doing? I'm hanging, man. I'm managing. I'm managing during these, these trying times right now. Yeah, yeah, we all are. We all are. So we are in a pandemic, and I like to ask my guests, like, how are you dealing with life in a pandemic? It's 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 especially tough for me because my wife, um, she's germaphobic. So, mm. like, yeah, we it's hard, like, going places in public. Like, that's not, she's not feeling it with the pandemic out right now. And then we have a two-year-old, too. So, you know, with his, we had to go to the doctor with his immune system not as strong so it's not good to be out so it's rough so that's why like we go places like take out and go home or if i go and get a shoe i'm in and right back out so it's been tough and then i was part of the cuts and my job with the layoff for the pandemic man but i mean i got laid off what about three weeks ago yeah about three weeks ago but i mean i'm fine man honestly it's like shit it's a vacation (laughs) i'm not even upset my boss is like yeah i'm sorry she was like real sad about and upset and i'm like okay that's cool like shit i can go home and chill (laughs) like i'm I'm working from home anyway i can just sit y'all this computer and i can just chill with my son all day right yeah that's 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 the beautiful part about you know i have told people like there's some things about the pandemic that we should keep like the six feet in stores, like I like, stay back with me, don't be breathing yeah. on me. You know, some stores don't let people to be overcapacitated anymore, you know. I like yeah. that, you know, and no job, no company can say going forward that you can't work from home. Oh, yes, we can. It's it's possible. It's feasible. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, so they can't do nothing like that. So I'm in the Midwest. I'm from Ohio. Where are you from? Houston. Houston. I'm a small, small town outside of Houston called Richmond, but Houston basically. Right. I have a friend that lives in Beaumont, Texas, and I keep telling her all the time, like, I'm going to come down there. Like, I think this is going to be the year I come see Texas for the first time in my life. Like, I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited, man. I always thought Texas had a really great culture, great food, great scenery. So I'm looking forward to coming to Texas. Hopefully it's, this year. it's a melting pot, man. They got a little bit of everything from food to entertainment of all types of, you know, uh, ethnic backgrounds and everything, man. It's, it's a lot. You got variety here. Mm, that's what's up. That's what's up. So I started following you on Twitter just based off because what you're known for, your shoe game, you know. So yeah. I'm just starting to build my shoe game. I'm I'm no shoe aficionado. I can't say like, oh, I got better shoes than no one. But I'm yeah. starting to build. And I noticed one day that you were talking about some shoes I want. I wish I remember what shoes I tried to remember. But I started watching your stuff on your YouTube page and um, I just want to know, like, where did your passion for collecting shoes from? Because we all like shoes. Everyone likes shoes. But where did your passion come from? You know what's funny? Like, for years, I wasn't into shoes like that as much. And um, I think it was like 2012. I used to go, I used to work down the street from this mall down here. 
and I was just going on lunch break and walk. And then uh, one of the shoe stores, Sheik, it was a, as a manager at Sheik, older guy. And he would just spark up a conversation, man. We would just shoot the shit like my whole lunch break almost. And one day he was like, man, we got these shoes coming out, these Jordans, man. If you want them, you know, let me know. Matter of fact, I think I still got, yeah. So I was like, yeah, they came out in 2012, but they just re-released them again. Okay. So this shoe, he was like, this is coming out. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. So he let me get a pair. And, and ever since then, man, I just been kind of getting back in that groove of, of buying and collecting shoes. But before that, honestly, man, I was so busy. I was in the music business, man. So I was always on the road or, you know, doing doing music related stuff, man. So wait a minute, those are the actual shoes you bought in 2012 right there? No, no, they oh. just put them, they just came back out on oh, Black okay. Friday last year. No. Oh, I'm about to say, them still <laughs> clean, boy, them pristine. <laughs> now, I think the oldest pair of shoes I got, let me see, I think these two. What's funny is this shoe is coming back out May 4th, and this uh, is the 2015, this is the 2015 pair. And they coming back out again May 4th. And then this one, I bought these in like 2014. Wow. Bro. So that's probably like the oldest I got. So as a shoe collector, when you start, you know, let's say collecting shoes or buying shoes or investing, because they are an investment, you know, yes. you start investing in them. Do you have to invest in like how you keep them clean and crisp? and Or is that just something you already knew how to do, keep your shoes clean? Well, to be honest with you, man, the reason why a lot of mine are normally clean because I don't wear them every day. Right. Because I have, you know, different. So it's like, okay, well, this day I might throw these on and these on. So it's very rare that I have a pair of shoes that I have to just like go and thoroughly clean. Sometimes I do, but for the most part, it's rarely next to never because, you know, I don't I, I don't wear them every day, especially since the pandemic. It's a lot. I, I think I got about 30 pairs in here that I haven't even worn yet. Woo, because sorry. of the pandemic i've been buying during the pandemic but i haven't been wearing them you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on a small end so i got like maybe i'm looking at them right now like 15 pair of shoes man so you know some my stuff get doubled up a lot but yeah i try to wear a lot of when it's sunny because it's starting to get really warm in ohio i, let, I wear a lot of flip-flop like i'm a nike sandal guy so yeah i try not to wear my shoes unless i'm going out like that's how i try to do and but yeah man, i just feel like when you start buying an abundance amount of shoes, you know in your mind what each shoe is for at this point in your life. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure you, are you one of the people that takes you a while to get ready or you know exactly what you want to wear when you're going out, depending on where you're going? Well, you know what? Now I come upstairs, like, I have all these, I can't put these in my room, so I put them in, in my man cave. So when I come up here, I'll look at a shoe and then I'll go from there on, on outfit. Like, it depends on where I'm going. Like, if I know I'm going to be on my feet all day, I may throw an Air Max or a Yeezy 350. But if if it's somewhere I'm like going out and coming back and not long, then I just, I'll throw like a Jordan Retro or something different. Cause you can't, I don't care what nobody say, you can't really just wear no Jordans out. At my age, it's not good to wear Jordans all day. Your feet, man, it, it'll kill your feet. I've, I've never, when I was younger, my mother never bought me Jordans. So I never wore Jordans a pair in my life. I've never yeah. had a Jordan apparel, so I don't have, like, now that I'm older, I can appreciate them. I like their colorways, but I've never had a pair of Jordans. Like, my thing is Nike. Give me, yeah. you know, I just bought some some bronze the other day that I'm going to show you at some point today. But I'm a Nike guy. I like Adidas. I like Pumas. But, man, people who have Jordan collection, like, y'all are some real fans because 
how y'all can take the time to get the same Jordan over and over. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but you cool. know what? Honestly, with me, a lot of back then I had a bad habit. Like I would get a shoe like a, a retro or something I really wanted. And I would cringe. I'm like, dang, man, this shoe really got some value and I don't really want to wear it. So I would just sell it to somebody, like one of my friends or whatever. I wouldn't tax them or nothing. I would just sell it. I wouldn't wear it. But lately, I've been like, okay, I'm going to try to do a better job at wearing some of them. But, like, honestly, I got, I think, two rows of Jordans. That's it. Oh, okay. That's like it. Two rows. Yeah. A lot of my stuff, like, on this side of the wall is Nike. And on the other side of the wall, it's, like, Saucony, New Balance, Asics, a, dip, a bunch of different stuff. So, as a shoe collector, what type of pitfalls have you had to deal with? Because I know it's probably shoes you wanted you couldn't get, and, you know, we have raffles now. Man, the pandemic. Honestly, what a lot of people don't know is outside of just the raffles, a lot of these stores aren't getting shipments. Are they getting delayed shipments or portions? Um, It was one shoe I wanted, the Jordan 14, and a store – like, I know some store managers. I'm cool with some of them. So, like, I asked him, like, well, man, what's the stock like on this shoe? He was like, man, we only got six pair. And I'm like, what? He said, we only got six. He said, I didn't even get a size 13 because I wear 13. He's like, yeah, I didn't even get a 13. I'm like, damn. So, the pandemic has ruined a lot, man. It's once you, this shoe, Foot Locker haven't gotten it yet. It came out last weekend, and they won't get them till May. Wow. So, it's that bad. Because well, what I was just told is that, now what Nike is doing is when shoes ship out, they actually are getting quarantined now before they actually go to the store. So that's why it's been a lot of delays with, with shoes now. Wow, I had no idea. I just thought like yeah. each store get a certain amount. Once they're gone, they're gone. So some stores are not even getting the amount they were expecting to get is what you're saying. Well, some of them haven't even gotten it at all. Like Foot Locker haven't gotten that shoe at all. Foot Locker, wow. Foot Extra Champs haven't gotten it at all yet. So like, so how does... How does that work? Let me see if I can ask this properly. If you're a small shoe store opposed to a conglomerate like Foot Locker and Finish Line, the champs, like, how does Nike send those? Do they go to that small store and give them 100 pairs and that's it? Opposed to trying to spread it out through all the Foot Lockers? Well, you got to look at it from also the perspective of the smaller stores may not get as many pairs as a Foot Locker. You have to look at Foot Locker, Foot Action Champs as one company. I'm right. Foot Locker, yeah, Foot Locker, Foot Action Champs, and East Bay. That's all one company. So if you look at how many pair they're going to get online and then how many pair they're going to get at all their stores, that's a lot as opposed to having one boutique that you got, you send 30 pair to and get that out the way. You know what I'm saying? So the shipments are different. So you may not have, and and honestly, some of these boutiques have actually been having delays as well too. Wow. Man, the shoe game is crazy. I just, I try to be in it, but it's, it's, it's very tough because there's shoes that I, if these two, vapor max that i want that i can't find they're sold out and i'll be thinking man, like how as a company are you sold out of something you can mass produce like i just i don't get it because you would That's think they- but you know what it's it's tough man like i know a lot of people even my friends be like man why they don't just make a look i'm gonna be honest man it's like at one point maybe three to four years ago they did they mass produced everything and they sat and they sat and then they got uh, sent to outlets. So now it's like, okay, well, look, we tried to listen to y'all and y'all didn't even want to buy it because there was no hype to it. So now we just, we just making it back limited again and y'all have to deal with it, you know? So, so it's, it's like, I get it because it's, it's, they can't win. It's a no win situation with it. So I guess they like, look, we just going to start focusing on our bottom line and just make them back limited again. Wow. Wow. So, 
what shoes have came out this year that you haven't got that you would have liked to get have liked to win a raffle, I should say. Man, um I'm trying to think. It was one shoe that I, that did escape me, and it's not even a hype shoe, but it's sell out. And that's the Air Max Premax. They dropped it on Air Max Day. That shoe I never got. Mm. And I won the raffle for the Monier threes, but I didn't win it in my size. I won it in my wife's size. She's not even gonna wear the shoe. So I, I, I was like, well, I could size swap it, but now this, this my size is worth fourteen hundred, and her size is worth like eight, six, seven hundred. So I'm like, I can't even do an even swap. Um, but as far as this year, I, I can't think because I'm gonna be honest, man. I have like I built a network of friends that I help out and look out for and send uh, links to for raffles and all this stuff. So a lot of times. People have just that been good karma. Like that shoe I just showed you, this one, a friend of mine, he was at a store in Houston. I think they were the only store in Houston that had the shoe. And he was in line for a guaranteed ticket, him and his him and his wife. And so he hit me. He was like, do you want a pair? I got mine. Do you want a pair? I'm like, yeah. So he ended up getting me a pair. So I've been kind of getting some of the stuff that I really want like that. But um, I think the only thing that's escaped me is the Yeezy 700s this year. I, I've tried to get those and they've escaped me this year. Yeah, that's how, you know, in, in hindsight, that's how life's supposed to work. Like, I know you need something I'm getting. Let me get it for you. Like, my yeah. homie, my homie was just in Cincinnati at a baseball game and he asked me, did he, did I want, did he want to, did I want him to buy this hat for me? I'm like, nah, I really wanted the hat, but I, I didn't want to buy it at the time. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how it's supposed yeah. to work. Like, I got you. I'm here. You know, shoot me the yeah. hat. It's nothing. So, um, but let me talk about Yeezys for a second. I've been wanting a pair of Yeezys ever since the day he went to Adidas. Um, yeah. I was never a fan of Yeezy shoes when he was on Nike until his Adidas came out. And I just can't spend the 300 Like, I keep telling myself, don't do it. But I'm buying $200 shoes, but I won't buy $300 shoes. Well, but, you know, the the, the, uh, the 350s are 220 Well, Oh, they came down? No, they've always been 220 these have always been two twenty. The th the one that was three hundred dollars is the seven hundred. The seven hundred is three hundred dollars, and now they went down to two forty. But these have always been two twenty. Maybe I'm on the wrong site because the site I'm on be like three hundred, three fifty. So maybe I'm on the wrong site. That's nah, probably why. Go to Adidas. Like when when they drop them on the Adidas Confirmed app, you actually can submit to be in like their online raffle on the <clears> Adidas <throat> Confirmed app. But they retail all these retail at two twenty. The these are two twenty, and then the five hundred. This is the five hundred. This one is two hundred, and then the uh, three eighty is two twenty or two thirty, and the set they got a basketball one. The basketball one is yeah, quantum. Yeah, the quantum is two fifty. So yeah, none of his are. The only one that's over 300 was at 750. And he haven't dropped those in like a couple years. And they were like 350 plus tax. Mm. Yeah. I, the only site that I know that I can get a pair of Yeezys right now is the GOAT app. So maybe they're just charging more on their app. Well, see, the GOAT, see, GOAT and StockX are aftermarket. You know what I'm saying? That's like, that's like going on eBay. That's mm -hmm. resellers. That's mm -hmm. where the resellers go to resell there. So that's after you struck out on getting them for retail price. Got so you. that's why you're gonna that's why you're gonna see those type of prices on there. But sit when you see a shoe, let me know, man, and I and I and I'll try to help you. You know, get it if you want it easy. Um, 
because I keep my, my eyes pretty open in a bunch of raffles. You fill out a bunch of raffles. Sometimes you hit. I hit these two shoes I hit. Well, these three Yeezys I hit off raffles. Yeah, I've never tried a raffle. I don't know. I don't like the idea of knowing I can get it, but I can't get it because it's a raffle. So I've never tried a raffle. I know friends who try to raffle. I hate it. I hate it. But I mean, I can't lie. Like a lot of my friends, like with certain releases this year, I'm like, man, I shook out. Or I'm like, man, releases are bad. They're like, well, shit, why you complaining? You hit on everything. So like I hit raffles, but I fill out 20 or 30 raffles. So I'm like, I put in enough work to hit. So this year I can honestly say, hey man, I've hit on a few pair of shoes off raffles. Honestly. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't complain. So I was uh uh I saw your latest video about those neighborhood uh shoes. I never heard of neighborhood. So where do those come from? Those are uh yeah, uh, it's a collab. So it's a neighborhood undefeated shoe, correct? Yeah, that's neighborhood is a um a brand from China. That's this shoe. It's mm. a brand, uh, a Japanese brand, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, they did a collab with Adidas and Undefeated. I didn't even know this shoe was coming out. I saw nothing about this shoe at all until I went on Undefeated site to look for something. And it was on the front page. And I'm like, this shoe is dope. And I bought it. But I, I didn't hear nothing, no story. No, I didn't even see nothing on their website about this shoe. Wow. But the, a lot of them are teaming up with um, Japanese brands. I actually got another shoe that is a collab with a Japanese brand. Let me get it. It's called Undercover. 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 And Nike did Nike did a collab with these, with this company for this shoe. It's called the Overport. Oh, yeah. I saw I was watching that one because you was like, I'm not a fan of the Rose. But them dope to me, man. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like it. So the, yeah. the guy is uh, June Takahashi. That's his, his name on the back of it. Oh wow! So, yeah, but that's his his collab with Nike Undercover. They've done a few collabs. Like Nike, I will say they're in tune with like the designers. Like it's a few companies that they've done collabs with, like designers for streetwear and like Japan. I think uh, I think Acronym is from Japan too, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but they've done collabs with Acronym as well. So they they they're pretty in tune with the with the companies with the streetwear companies overseas. Mm, yeah, I um I always say that shoes at this point are just so well designed. Like I like Pharrell shoes. I got a pair of his shoes. His shoes are so soft and so lightweight. Man. Like his shoes are unbelievable. I don't know what he's doing, but he you he figured out. Only thing I hate that like I don't know Adidas don't seem to put too much story behind. It. I don't know if it's story or what or the colors because the first set he dropped. They flew quick and they were limited and they sold out fast. And now they're valued at like twelve or thirteen hundred dollars. But now when you he's dropping shoes, some of them going under retail or you know, but I say I got these from him mm-hmm. and I got this pair. Ooh, but these um, are the natures. Yeah, see, the only thing about these is this sole, it got like that hiking sole, and it it they they're not comfortable. They're not comfortable. This mm. one is better. But this one, they are not comfortable. Mm. But yeah, the hype, the hype on his shoe has died down, man. But which is cool for me because I go right on and buy it. Right. I hype. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If I like the shoe, I buy it. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about Pharrell shoes. I like that they come out hot and go fizzle. They fizzle out really fast. 
Um, I saw I'm a I'm a huge fan of Pharrell shoes. There's a yeah. There's only one flower shoe I ever wanted was like the Kyrie twos, the floor print. Like I always thought those yeah. were dope shoes. Um, but I'm gonna try to get them two Vapor Max. We're gonna have to talk about that offline. How I'm gonna get them Vapor yeah. Max when they come yeah, we'll back. Talk about it. <laughs> but uh, so I know you're big into sports because we've talked about sports online. And so one of the questions I want to ask you is, what are your five favorite NBA shoes of all time? Okay. Because I saw you have some Barclays, so I'm assuming you're yeah. a fan of Barclays. I am, but I don't know if I will put those at the top five. Okay. Um. The first, you know, the funny part of this, man, I wore Jordan so long, I didn't really get into, into other players until late. Like, I think the first pair of LeBrons I bought was like the LeBron 11. You know what I'm mm. saying? So, um, I would have to say the Kobe 8 is one of my favorites. I would probably, uh, let me rephrase it, because I wouldn't put that at five. I don't, I don't know an order, but I know my five would be the Kobe 8, the, um, the KD six and the KD seven. Oh wow! Um, Jordans, of course, and uh, man, you got you got pennies, you got KGs, you got Pippins, you got Robins, you got Barclays. Um, I'm trying to think. Man, the thing is with them is like a they lot can't. of them were repetitively bulky and heavy. Mm. so that's why like a lot of time like i don't have any like all the up tempos are coming out i haven't even tried to get a pair i like them but it's just like man it's it's in houston man we get up to like 100 like it's hot down here so it's like i'm not so the fifth shoe i would probably say maybe a lebron like a lebron um maybe a eight seven or eight maybe an eight yeah mm -hmm. maybe an eight yeah, see, my first pair of bronze were the LeBron Martins. Like, I saw that colorway, and I was like, no, I yeah. got to get them. That was just – that was too nostalgic, and, you know, we're both – he's from Ohio, I'm from – I'm like, what? You going to break out some LeBron Martins? So, I remember I was at the gym when they came out, and I forgot. And so, I sat down at the gym for 45 minutes trying to find get me a pair. I had to go to four <laughs> different sites because I missed it on the app. And my friend found it on the app and she sent it to me and she was like, I got them. I'm like, I don't know what you're seeing, but I couldn't get them. So I ended up buying them off Shoe Palace and I got them in like four days. I was so happy. And to this yeah. day, I've only worn them shoes three times. I don't have purple or yellow like that. So, but yeah, like, see, it's, it's, a, it's a shoe that it's not an everyday shoe. That's one you pop out. See me, man, like I'm not into hype sneakers. Some of the sneakers that are hype I like, but it's just because I like it, not because of the hype. So sometimes I'll get a shoe that's not hype, but it just have a flair to it. It's been a couple of times I pulled out a shoe that wasn't even a hype shoe. It was slept on, but it has mm -hmm. a flair to it. And people are like, damn, I never paid attention to those. Like, like this shoe, a lot of people didn't pay attention to, and they went on sale. But every time I wear this shoe out, people are like, Damn, that's cleaner. Where you get that? And what shoe is that? Because I guess it, it looks like the off-white on the side with the right or whatever. So they'll ask me questions. Because a, a lot, like I said, it's a lot of shoes. That, some of the stuff, like my Air Max and stuff like that, it's non-hype shoes, but it's just something that'll stand out, you know, or something that people wouldn't normally go too quick. And they're like, damn, what are those? Yeah, I've never even seen those. That was that's the first time I ever seen those. Like, uh, I'm assuming the pair above it, is that the lemonade ones? The ones with the lemon on the side? No, this is the, this is the lemonade. Oh, 
I thought this they had. Eliminate. We got the lemon on the top. Okay. Three different colors. Okay. The green, yeah, yeah. the yellow, and the pink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I thought about getting those. I only had the yellow one. Honestly, man, you can find the yellow and the green ones. Depending Everywhere. on where you go, they don't sell them. Mm-hmm. They had a sale on them. So, yeah, see, like, even these, these didn't sell out. But when I wear them, people ask me about these. The undefeated Air Max 90s. People ask me about these, and I'm like, man, they were sitting. Nobody wanted to buy them because it wasn't no resale value. They had like five or six different colors. But right. now when I wear mine, everybody like, man, what are those when you get them run? So, yeah, and it's not even a hype shoe. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, they, these are the bronze that I just bought, the Brian Air Maxes. So I just bought these. Oh, yeah, them tough. Yeah, them, them real tough. nice. That's like the uh, the greedy MS9. Yeah, they these greedy 18. Five almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like you. I wear yeah, size see? 13, 14. Yeah. See, like these came out. They sat on, on Nike, on Ooh. sneakers out. Just the Atmos collab. I got the matching cap to go with it. The cap was just like this. Ooh, and they sat. And you can even find them on GOAT or StockX right now for like retail, for like below retail. Some of them you can find like under 100 bucks. I wear this shoe with the cap every time and turn heads every time, man. And this shoe was sitting. Wow. What's those called again? It's the Atmos Air Max 2 Lite. Wow. I never seen those either. So, yep. you, so do you know when shoes are coming out or are you like everybody else? You just find out when you find out. No, I know. Okay. I, I like it's like man, it's, it's certain accounts you gotta follow on Twitter. So I right. follow them and I keep my notifications on, and then you know I share information with group text or let people know ahead of time when they're coming out. So you know, because when the stores do their raffles, they do them ahead of time. So and I also follow a lot of stores. I got a lot of stores bookmarked on my phone to know when stuff coming out. Or you can go to uh, sneakernews.com. They pretty good with keeping it up to date too. Mm, okay, so when your shoes do get dirty, are you stickler for cleaning them immediately or you have a process like I have a kid at home or do you, you know, some people sending their shoes off now to get clean? Nah, man, honestly, I, I'm i still too brushing dishwasher, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they be talking about all that Jason Marks and all. I'm like, man, that's cool. I got some. But I, I honestly, I run to my toothbrush before I run to the cleaners, you know, the little cleaner things. I used one of the little wipes one time when I was out and it, it was cool. But I got one shoe that I tried to put clean on and it just won't come out and I'm pissed. And it still got the stain right here at the toe. Mm. And I'm pissed about it. And this is this shoe. This is the Air Tech Challenge, the Andre Agassiz. This shoe I found at the outlet for $26. Bruh. I would have caught it just because, like, no, nah, you're not just going to have these sitting here, and I'll pass them up. I got these for $24 at the outlet. Air Max 2s. I used to work at the Nike outlet. Oh, okay. Oh, so you so you know. So you know. I used to work there. I used, I used to work there. Um, I worked there for, like, 10 months right before we had my son when my wife got pregnant. And when she was getting close to having, that's when I started working there or whatever. So I worked two jobs. I was working there to get the shoes discount because when you're right. an employee, you get 40% off online and in the actual Nike stores. And then in the outlet, you get 30% off. So I was working. I was just there to get my discount. So if a Jordan didn't sell out, at that time, Jordan wasn't selling out like now. So if a Jordan didn't sell out on the sneakers app and it would go to the Nike app, 
I would get 40% off. So I was paying 120 for my Jordans. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So it was like, it was cool. But then once, like I said, once it got close to having my son, I stopped working it. But man, I I used to work there. They give my check. Hey man, you just keep that check and I'm finna, I'm finna buy. <laughs> right, right. So I'm finna buy stuff. So do you, do you feel like it's a benefit of doing things like that? People who have a shoe collection or a shoe, they love shoe, they should work close to a shoe network like that? Should they have a shoe network and work in shoe stores so they can just get closer? Well, it just depends. It just really depends. For me, it was just opportunity. I always wanted to work at Nike just to have that experience. So it really wasn't even just to get, I mean, uh, the discount was an added bonus. I never knew what their discount was, honestly, mm-hmm. until I started working. And once I found out, I was like, that's even better. So I was just like, I had extra time on my hands. So let me let me try at Nike, at least, because I tried Foot Locker. I never got a call. So then I went to Nike and then I ended up getting a call at Nike. So I went in and did the interview. But I mean, it's an added bonus. Now, if you really want to get in the shoe industry, I would definitely say that's a good start. Outside of having a mentor or something, that would be a good start to work at a shoe store to gain that knowledge. Preferably maybe like a smaller boutique store where you can actually work with like the, the managers or the owners where you can kind of get a better understanding of the industry, you know, behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Yeah. So... <clears throat> So I'm going to ask this question. So to people going forward, building a shoe collection, what do you recommend for them? Do you feel like you should start with shoes that you like, go after the most expensive pair? Should you, should you just build on what you got? Cause I mean, like it has to be some type of structure to it, right? You can't like, you should know what you're trying to buy. You saying, just go ahead. Just man. Look, I just started buying what I like. Mm, like, okay. And even with me, like the crazy part about what I say with me is that it's a detriment to me because I have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So naturally I could buy a shoe that's I like, but it's a general release shoe that everybody has. It won't work for my channel because everybody has it on the channel. Mm-hmm. So it won't do good for me from a view standpoint. Now see like that shoe I showed you that uh, undercover shoe with the rose on the side. I like that shoe. I wanted it because I liked it. But then that shoe ended up getting like almost 2,000 views. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Now, this shoe was hard to get. But I only got, I got less than 100 views on this because everybody still has it. So uh, it, it just it just really depends. But I can show you some of these shoes in here. It's like, okay, what is that? Like, for instance, the shoe I have that has the most views is this shoe. This shoe has 9,000 views. What is that? This is a Vans shoe. Oh, wow. This is Vans. So uh, people were so intrigued. They're like, that's not a Vans. I'm like, no, this is a Vans shoe. It's called the Van Varix WC. And it was actually limited. I didn't know. I just saw the shoe on Urban Outfitters. And I'm like, man, that shoe look dope. That's a cool little date night shoe. Let me go ahead and buy it. I'm buying it thinking date night. So I'm like, let me just do a review on it. I, don't, I didn't think nothing of it. Man, this this thing took off on YouTube. And then I just had people DMing me, asking me, where did you get that from? That's not a that. I've never seen a band shoe look like that. I'm like, me neither, but I just bought it for date night. But yeah, it got like 9,000 views on, on my YouTube channel. Wow, wow. So you have a son. This is your first son, correct? First and only. First and only child. Okay, so, <laughs> you, <laughs> so is, is your shoe collection going to have to slow down so you can make sure he has everything he needs, you know, cause you know, kids are more expensive and things like that. Like, has that factored into your, your process? Well, with him right now, like his, his, 
we inside, so we don't. I don't have to really buy him as much. Like me, I'm buying him more sleep clothes because he's growing out in sleep clothes or anything. But for shoes, I don't really buy him Jordans because he took no. his feet gonna grow out of him, and then he he go outside and he I don't know if he think he Chris Brown or something. He do the slide on his feet on the toes. So I'm like, I would never buy him like you know like some Jordans. So he wears like. Reeboks and Vans, and, but he loved his Crocs. So I buy him like Crocs and he he good. He you know? love those things. I have two daughters. Lo- I got two pairs. <laughs> <laughs> I've never right. bought them, but people love Crocs. Crocs, Crocs was, was on point. This oh, is a collab wow. they did with this guy named Unwar Carrots. They did a collab with him. And then I got another pair downstairs that I bought these little things that go in them from a dude that live in my city named Zoe Made It. He does it, he customizes his own croc charms to put in the shoe. So it has things that represent Texas. So it has like a H-Town, it has like a screw for DJ screw and different stuff like that. I had that one downstairs. But mm. uh, I wasn't in the Crocs either. I'm like, man, them things are hideous. But then I actually got a pair and I'm like, damn, these are comfortable as hell, man. Mm. They're comfortable. But it's another one. It's a shoe called, uh, uh, I, I have it in this room next door. I don't have it in this room. I actually sat it in there earlier. It's called a, um, it's a Merrill Mock something. It's like a Crocs, it's like Crocs, but it's almost like a moccasin. You put your foot in it and it's it's a dope shoe, honestly. And now it's starting to slowly get hype. Now a lot of like the, the boutiques and the streetwear stores are starting to sell it now, but I had this shoe months ago and it actually got me a bunch of channels on my YouTube uh, channel as well. It got a bunch of views, but it's called a, a Merrill. It's, the company is Merrill, but it's called a Mock something. I can't remember the name, but it's dope. It, it's honestly, it's, I got them. They're more comfortable than Crocs to me. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm going to ask you probably about two more questions about shoes because I got some other stuff I want to know too. That's but, cool. We, we, yeah. You know, so... Do you remember your very first pair of shoes that you bought with your own money? Yes, verbatim. <laughs> My mom told me, I'm not buying you no Jordans. You got some big-ass feet. Because I was in high school <laughs> when I was 13. Wow. You know, I think I started when I was 13 when I was like eighth grade. Wow. So she was like, I'm not buying you no hundred and something Jordans. If you want to get something, you have to buy your own to get your job. Cool, no problem. I started working at Astro World, And, uh, I, I got my check on lunch break. I, I left, caught the bus. Me and my friends caught the bus to Sharpstown Mall, and I bought the Jordan 13s, a playoff Jordan 13s, and then we caught the bus back to uh, work. I was like two hours late, but I came back to work late. <laughs> so it was the very first pair of shoes I bought with my money. Yep. The I don't remember which ones that I remember was one they were the black color ones with the blue with the blue, but it was the KGs when he was still on the Timberwolves. And that was yeah. the very first pair of shoes I ever bought with my own money. And I remember I had them for so long that when, when they like the air bubble burst, I was so mad. I think I cried. And my homie was like, why you throw, these, <laughs> throw them shoes away? Like, you you know, Nike has a, uh, where they'll fix them if the air bubble yeah. breaks. The air bubble's not supposed to break. I'm like, really? Like, I had no yeah. idea. And I'm Man. waiting for them to drop so I can buy them again. You know what I found out today on my Barclays? You can't really see the bubble because it's cloudy now, right? Right. So I said that. They said they're releasing these March, May 4th. So I'm like, man, I wanted to get another pair because mine are cloudy. Mm-hmm. This girl on Twitter today, this was today or yesterday, I think it was today, she told me to put a blow dryer to it and now to get rid of it. What? 
That's what she told me. I haven't tried it yet. I'm going to try it. I'm going to let you know what happened. But that's what she told me. Did she tell you if it has to be on high heat or low heat or medium heat? Because that matters. She said, but I'm going to ask her. I'm going to yeah, ask her. Yeah, because yeah, that matters. Because you don't want to put it on high heat and it start doing something. Melt the damn bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard you mention that uh, you used to do music. So tell me a little bit about that. Like, how long was you doing that for? What were you doing? Man. Oh, well, that's the, honestly the crazy part about it is like in the sneaker world is catching up you know, to who I am, but a lot of people that know me from back then know me from music. They didn't know me from anything else. So I was an artist at one point okay. and I stopped to start managing art. I, I was, I had, I had opportunities. I had a lot of opportunities at the time and I had something on the table with slip and slide that didn't work out. I didn't know the business side. Mm -hmm. So the guy told me flat out, like, man, you know, the most important thing you want to do is learn the business know what you're dealing with so after that i took a break and i went to school for a music business to learn the business side and from there i started managing artists so um one of my artists west coast we toured in osaka japan he went to bahrain um we did a mixtape with nocturnal and we did a tour domestically with nocturnal so yeah i did that for years i had a company called Flycat music group and even now, I, st I still make music, but it's like recreational. Like, I'm not trying to pursue a career in it now. So now if I do it, I just throw it on streaming and just, like, my friends listen to it. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I did that for years, man. I ran a Flycat music group from 2009 to 2015. And then from there, I worked at a, a local festival called Springboard South, where I was the director of Urban Music. Oh, wow. See, stuff yeah. you don't know until you talk to a person like that. Yeah. That's wonderful. A lot so, of people had no idea. So is music your first passion? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't get back in the shoes until 2012. I was already doing music in the music business managing when I really started back buying shoes. So when I stopped the business, this was kind of like my segue because I just like, I'm done doing music. I'm sitting on my hands. I just have to do something creative, something since I'm not doing music. And that's when I started doing the YouTube channel with the sneakers. I started that in like 2015. Oh, okay. So you've been had that for a grip. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. So is that is that where the name International O come from? Because you were touring a lot? Come from the music. Oh, yeah. wow, wow. I that's... performed in the UK in 2008. Uh, it's a military base called Lock and Heat. It's a base where US, the U.S. military is based there. And I was flown out to perform for Christmas for the U.S. troops who couldn't come home for Christmas. So I got to perform out there in 2008. Wow, that's that's beautiful, yeah. man. You're going to have to yeah. send, me, send me some music and listen because music is my first passion. And I'm not chasing it anymore. Like I have, I like, yeah. I like writing and I like producing. Like I used to be a paid writer for articles you know ghostwriters so like i always yeah. love music so this year i put out just like a beat take because i love music but i'm not yeah. soon anymore i'm really trying to be a writer and see if this podcast takes me anywhere but that's beautiful man because i feel like when you have a passion you should always chase me you should at least try to do it to the full extent of your ability and it seems like that you did it and you was like you know what maybe it seems like well let me not say that so why did you stop the music let me say let me ask you that why did you say you know what i didn't want to be in the music business anymore? Man, a multitude of reasons. Um, okay. One, my health, one. Uh, being on that road like that at my age, I wasn't eating right. 
and I went to my doctor and he's like, man, you know, you, your blood pressure is high. I don't know if it's the stress, but I can tell you, you're not eating right and probably not exercising. He say, so you need to, you know, work on your diet. Secondly, at that time, I was, uh, my father was dying of cancer and I was planning a wedding at the same time. So it was just like, Elmo today. And then the artists, like my whole thing, man, the first year we got like took off running because we, we started at the end of 2009. So I put out, we put out two projects in 2009. 2010, we put out 11 projects in 12 months. So Ooh. my thing is like, I was like, man, look, we're going to try this shit. Like we're going to take the no limit approach. We going. And it worked. Like the website that we had, man, by the time summer hit, we were doing like six, seven, eight thousand hits a month. Wow. You know what I'm saying? On that website. So we were running. But then after a while, it's like, oh man, I ain't doing that many projects and my time, you know, it's just like everybody just had other plans. And so it's just it's like, okay, I'm I'm done with it. You know what I'm saying? So everybody had their own ideas. And then some of the guys that I had, they had their own brands and they felt like they wanted to, you know, take their brand and, and grow or whatever, because I just don't think they understood what I was trying to do. You know, they felt that, okay, well, you're trying to push the FMG brand, but they, I think they felt that it was going to overcloud them. And I'm like, no, it's the approach. Like if you look at it now with like TDE, you think TDE, you'll think Kendrick, or, but they have so if you, you, when you think of that company, you think of the talent. So I was like, my thing is, let's push the brand name, but it's going to be synonymous with the talent and the roster we have. So at that point, anybody that we want to bring on can already get that jump start because they know it's coming from that brand. Mm, so that was right. that was the goal, but I just think I don't think everybody saw what I was seeing. You know what I'm saying? So it just didn't work out. But I mean, we had fun. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're overperforming in the UK, you doing more than having fun. You living life. This is what you thought it probably always was going to be. You know what? Honestly, when I stopped, I was okay when I stopped trying to perform and all that. With that, it was one moment I had down there, and I never will forget it. And that was like the best moment I had ever in my music career was on the military base, it's a grocery store, you know, like a barracks, I think that's what they call it. Mm -hmm. So we went to the store and we were picking up stuff and the lady kept looking at me strange at the register. I'm looking like, look, I know you don't know me because I'm not from out here, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. she just was looking and then she's like, you that guy, huh? And I'm like, excuse me? Hey, so she told the lady, hey, that's that guy. So they pointed at the wall. They had a flyer, a big poster for the concert that I was having on the wall in the grocery store. Wow. And I'm like, holy shit. She asked to take a picture. I was like, holy shit. You know, so like wow. I go home in the U.S., I walk around and nobody knows who, who I am. You know what I'm saying? So it's like for me to be in a whole different country where nobody knows me and they know me. Like that was that, that feeling, that moment. I was just like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, when you when you have a fan base, when I first started making beats and putting them online, like I used to always, you know, on SoundCloud, they'll show you what country and whatnot. And I remember people in Germany was really listening to my beats and stuff. And I'm like, in Germany, how are y'all caring about me? But people people like what they like and then they share it extremely fast. Germany and Japan are two of my biggest markets. I actually had a song called South is South 
with two German rappers. They're rapping in German and I'm rapping in English. And uh, this old school and Dirty B were the name of the guys. And they were from Munich. And I did a song for them. And that's when I changed my name. I used to go by another name, but I changed my name to International O. After I got back from the UK, I did that song with them. I started getting placements on a lot of uh, German hip hop websites. And then I did a song with a Hungarian producer. He reproduced a record I had. And after that, I just, I'm like, man, I'm International O. Like, I'm not, you know right. what I'm saying? I just <laughs> That's it, you know. But them in Japan, because I had a project with with an artist. Me and one of my artists did a project together called Wet Work. And and it did crazy in Japan. We sold units, like units in Japan. I was like, holy shit. We logged on to check the the account and we were like, holy shit. It was like, we sold a few hundred units and then we did 300,000 streams like within the first month. And, and, And a bulk of those came from Japan. Wow, wow, that's beautiful, man. Like to feel that type of love from across the water. Ain't never shook nobody's hand over there or did nothing, man. Pete, well, he did. He went, but I did. He went to Osaka. He did a two week tour in Osaka, Japan, but I didn't go. He went. Oh, wow. Did you want to go? Yeah, at that time, I was laid off, man. I was out, I was out of work at that time. Wow, man. You got, you got such a, a, a broad, a lot of broad things that you've done in your life so far with the shoe collection and the music. Man. So I know you've seen some things in your life. I just have to, my thing is just, I have to stay productive. I feel like if I'm not doing something, I'm just wasting my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like even now I'm, I'm thinking, and the funny part is I was, I, I used to actually do a podcast, man, look, I had a podcast and from 2015 to the end of 2016, I ran me. And two other guys had a podcast network called the Revolution Digital Group. And I had a podcast called a Given Game Podcast. And they had a podcast on comic books. And I had partners. I had, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna get with you about that. Uh get you some partners, man. Get paid right. for your work. All right. Um, so I had partnerships with Chic Shoes, Red Roof In, and a couple other companies. And we were generating. And I was, like I said, throughout a lot of time, I was off work. So, man, I was generating five or six grand a month. So I was like, shit, I ain't going, I'm not in a rush to go back to a job. Shit, I was doing that full time at home, recording one episode a week and managing all these other shows. We had uh, six shows all together. So we were managing all the other guys that had shows and I would um, get them partnerships with the companies I had and give them their revenue. And we would keep a a percentage of it, uh, the split between me and the other two guys. And um from there man they springboard up now they're like one of the biggest they are the biggest hip-hop radio show in austin they have a a show on the radio on kutx in austin Mm. but those are my friends from the music business and uh they're doing their thing in austin but yeah we did podcast man we i had a great time with that we stopped because the companies i don't know the, one of the companies we had, they didn't do podcasting. And I just had a conversation with them and they said they would try it. So then we started hitting, like hitting targets and superseding what they thought the demand was. And so they said they just started messing with their ROI. So they couldn't continue to pay us the rate that they wanted to pay us. And once they cut it, it dropped tremendously. And I was like, well, look, I'm not coming in doing this for, for peanuts. Right. You know what I'm saying? So after that, I stopped it. But yeah, we I did about 80 five episodes wow and a year yeah. span 
Wow, you was working. In a year span. Because what I would do is, honestly, you said what? I said in a year span. That's crazy. Well, what I would do, honestly, I would do like five episodes. And then after five episodes, I would take two or three weeks off. I would break it down like, like a television show. It's like, you got these episodes this season. And then I'm taking a season. I'm taking three or three weeks off, two, three weeks off to kind of gather my thoughts and see what else I'm going to come up with. And then I'll be back in two or three weeks. And at first I thought it would hurt me, but it actually didn't. People, people who waited, waited, some who didn't. But my numbers never dropped. It was never a dramatic drop. So I would just gather thoughts or t- take feedback from people I was friends with. And I would come back recharged and ready to go at it again. So I would take two or three weeks off and come back and do another four or five episodes but my shows are always like no more than 25, 30 minutes. I never did long drawn out. Yeah. Man, that's beautiful, man. When, when your book coming? You need to be writing a book, man. That should be next for you, right? I got two books. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I believe it. Two that makes books sense. Out on um, Amazon. One is called Survive. No, what is Surviving a Layoff? During the recession, I think that's I wrote them books years. I, I ain't gonna lie, man. I wrote that shit on the fly. I didn't go through a publisher. I just wrote that shit myself and just threw it out because it was just people I knew that was going through a rough time like I was when I first got laid off. And I was just like, I'm gonna just write some shit and hopefully people can identify with it. So I just wrote that shit and put it out on Amazon myself. So it was like surviving a recession. I mean, surviving a layoff. I think it's called surviving a layoff. I'll look at it. I'll look forward to sending it to you. And then I did another one called... Uh, no, I did three. I'm sorry. Surviving the, the, the layoff. I did another one um, called Branding 101, how to brand you about branding yourself. And then I did one about podcasting, how to make money on podcast. Wow. Man, you're a, bit, you're a busy guy, man. Yo, I can tell when your mind puts it, when you put yourself to something, you just do it. You just get it done, man. And that's... The, the sad part is sometimes, it's, it's, it's good, but then sometimes it's to your detriment because for me, I do a lot of thinking on the fly. So if I if something hit my head on the fly, I just get up and go do it. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's cool. Sometimes it's to a detriment because when I look back, I'm like, well, damn, I should have did this. I could have did that. So sometimes it's, it's to my detriment. I'm trying to get better at that at execution. I mean, it goes right, but it's just I know I could have done a better job at it. Okay, so I'm going to ask you two more questions about this because I have two interesting questions. You're from Texas. Texas is big mm-hmm. with, the, with, the, with the screw music, riding on blades yeah. and all of that. You know, Raised on it. But, and, you know, boppers and whatnot. How, how, how old were you when, or were you affected by it? And how old were you when DJ Screw passed away? When DJ Screw passed away, I, I was 20. Okay. 19 or 20, I think, was it 2000? I think it was 2000. I was 19, because I'm 40 now. Okay. So yeah, I was 19. It it, it, it fucked with me a lot. It, I'm sorry, can we cuss on here? Absolutely, um, absolutely, okay. yes. Yeah, yeah it, it fucked with me a lot, um, because I grew up on that, and then I was I was new people who were actually on screw tape, so I was, at times when I would go to the screw shop, I was in that environment, so it, it messed me up a lot, man, when he passed, because that was that was just a beautiful time, man. The music and everybody within that group ended up putting an album out, and most of them actually got major label deals. You know what I'm saying? So, but 
from him, man, we would go to like Soundways. It was a record store here called Soundways on South Main and Rex Shop Records. Whenever Rex Shop Records dropped the album, it, either if it was ESG, Big Mo, Fat Pat, whoever it was, they would have them to like a block party in the parking lot of Soundways. And it would be like an album release party in the store and the artists would come and shake hands or whatever. But after they would leave, after the, the event was over, everybody would still be in the parking lot to damn near midnight, man, just hanging out, having a good time. But these were all the people that came from DJ Screwhouse. These are people that were artists on school, with Screwed Up Click. So it was just a time, and that was a beautiful time in music. I really wish they had something like that now, some type of uniformity now within a conglomerate that was powerful like that, man, because I've seen cliques and crews, not even just here, but just worldwide, and I've never seen nothing like that. Mm. I've never seen nothing like that. I don't care what crew you name. I'm not talking about album sales. I'm saying you have everybody that came out with an album, and that album was impactful. And if you even talk to artists that's outside of here, they will mention, if you mention a Houston artist name, they're like, nah, I, I rock with him, boy. He tough. Uh, Cameron had an interview, I think it was on Rap Radar, and he said that Slim Thug is the one who actually put him on the independent game. Yeah, Slim Thug is, listen, I'm a huge Slim Thug fan, so he know, he about his bread. He, he about doing, because I remember he was talking about uh, he was on a Donnie Houston show and he was talking about being signed to Pharrell and whatnot. And he mm -hmm. said when he met Pharrell, he already had the already platinum album done. And my he mind, in my mind, I thought Pharrell did the already platinum album. I didn't know that. Pharrell did some songs on it. The original right. version that got leaked was dope. And mm -hmm. I think Pharrell made it did a couple cuts, but he had all, it was already done. And then when they got leaked, then they went in with Pharrell and like swapped a few of the songs out. But man. If you from here, you know, like when we were in high school, that dude was riding around in slabs. He had like an old school slab with a bullhorn on the hood of it. And that was, we was in high school. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he been, and he been out of there. Yeah, that's what he said. He said when Pharrell met him, he said Pharrell came to his mansion. I'm like, oh, yeah. Pharrell came to your mansion. <laughs> like, yeah, oh. he did. Like, that's like people, you know how people all nigga kept, no, that's no, Slim was that dude, man, since, like 99, 2000, he was that dude. Since we, Cause me and him are like around, I think we E40, then we were around the same age. Like he's been that dude since we were teenagers. Mm, mm. So who is your favorite Texas artist? Like who, if you just had to listen to one Texas rapper's album for the rest of your life, who would that rapper be? Okay, well, I would have to say because my favorite two have already passed away, current, I would have to say zero. Okay. Who's your who who passed away that were your favorite two? Fat Pat and Hulk. I don't know the other guy. I knew Fat Pat. Yeah, Hulk is Fat Pat's brother. Oh, okay. And he I, had a um his last album. It actually it actually hit Billboard. He had a song, um, Chilling with My Broad, and you already know. He had that joint. He had a joint with Lil O that bag back, give me 50 feet. He right. was on the hook of that record. Okay. So yeah, man, Hulk Hulk been on a lot of a lot of big records. He was on Wanna Be a Ball. He was on Wanna Be a Ball with a little Troy record. He been on some bangers, man. Really? Yeah, he was oh, on wow. Wanna Be a Ball. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back. Baller. I'm gonna go back and pay attention to that. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I I listen to Fat Pack because my friend Parker 
uh, was a fan of him. He used to put him on all the time. Sometimes I still listen to uh, Michael Watts' Chop Him Up 8. Like, that's my favorite. Yeah. Like, I can listen to that. Um, Fat Pet Ghetto Dreams is honestly, honestly, that's like top two, probably my favorite albums of all times, everywhere, anywhere. Mm. Mm. That's just my, that's, that's the, I don't know if it's the Houston in me, whatever. That album had everything. That was one of the most versatile albums to me, hands down. And it's still, you still can listen to it today and it sounds relevant. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, I wouldn't expect you to say Fat Path. I thought you was going to go the Scarface route or something like that. Like, so, mm-hmm. okay, that's what's up. Mm-hmm. So, this is the point of the show. It is called Conversation with a Cancer. And I like to always ask my guests, like, what is their, have, I mean, what are their interactions with anyone they know that's a cancer, whether it's a man or a woman? So have you had any interaction with anyone that was a cancer? Man, what is, what is the, t- the, the time? So it's, ju- it's June 22nd through July 23rd. My sister is a cancer. So, oh, yeah. okay. So you've yeah. been dealing with July cancer. 3rd. Right? <laughs> July 3rd. July 3rd. So, so do you, because I'm, you know, I made the show to learn how to learn if I'm a, a cancer man, if I fit that description, but it, it developed into much more. So do you feel like cancers are, how can I say it? Because I don't know you. So, so do you feel like cancers are outgoing, you know, witty, very loving, loyal? Do you feel that's, that's your yeah. sister? That's my sister, man. She outgoing. She in Mexico right now, some of Tulum of uh, uh, risking COVID somewhere in, <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> She out there down. So, yep, she outgoing. That's her. She travels. She goes. So it, it don't matter what's going on. She traveled a few times during this pandemic. So yeah, that's that's her. She yeah. she and she's loyal. She's loyal to a fault sometimes. I think we all are though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We all are to a fault. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's her. Yeah, I'm getting ready to take my first trip this year and I'm going to Mexico in June. So I'm gonna stay at this resort in Cabo, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm man, t- you know, it looked fun, but I noticed, man. See, I've been it's been stories popping up because like people that go down there and you know they'll post all the pictures having fun and shit. But then what you don't see is I've been seeing people catch COVID, and then when you get COVID, if you get it there, I'm not saying people catch, it, but if you get it there, you have to stay, stay there, there. yeah, quarantine before you can come back. So they had one couple that went, and they both had it. They got tested. And then they quarantined. The husband didn't have it, and the wife still had it. So he had to leave because he had to go back to work. So he had to leave his wife in Mexico and go back to work. Wow. I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I've, been, I've been reading about it, like how you have to get tested when you get to your resort, and then they test you before you leave, because if you, like you said, you're gay, it's not, and I'm like, man, I'm wearing my mask everywhere. I'm never taking my mask off if I'm not eating or drinking something. Other than that, I'm staying masked up, you know, so, yeah, yeah I'm looking. I just can't wait until it's over with, man. I hate it. I don't like it. I hate it. I, because, like, our anniversary is, was last week, and we were home, you know what I'm saying? Any other time, we could be in Florida somewhere, or Vegas or something, my birthday was on the 10th of this month. We would be gone somewhere, you know, so it's just like, it's just been rough, man. I can't wait till this shit is over with. Yeah, happy, happy belated born day. Glad you made it to see another year, man. I, it's We all want it to be over, but we have no way of knowing when it's ever going to be over. Yeah, that's a fact. I mean, all you can do is continue to wear your mask, wash your hands, and if you want the vaccine, get the vaccine, you know, so 
It's you not going to get it. I, I mean, I'm I would I'm of the mind of not putting vaccines in my body, but I'm going to Mexico. It would just be silly not to yeah. put the vaccine in my body and I'm going to Mexico. Like like you said, I don't want to get in and have to stay there. Yeah, I'm in Mexico, but I don't want to be in Mexico longer than I don't want to be there. Yeah. So if I wasn't going to Mexico, I don't think I would have will be getting the vaccine. But since I'm going to another yeah. country and I don't know how they move, it's better that I go there safe than go there sorry. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I um since I'm not forced to go back to a a job right now, I'm not forced, but if I was working, my mm-hmm. job at the time we were still working from home. So like I told my wife, I'm like, if I if I get a job then and I have to go back in the office, then I'll, I'll consider it. Um right now I have crossing my I'm I'm taking some IT classes. Like I'm looking into getting into the IT world right now. So I'm trying to get that knocked out. And then, you know, by the time I finish that, it'll probably be clear up outside, you know, hopefully. And I can, you know, be able to maneuver around a little bit. Well, you are in a state where they don't require you to wear a mask, you know. So y'all I wear it. I don't give a damn about look, peep this. So yesterday, like sometimes we'll get out the house, we'll just get in the house and go for a ride. And we'll go sometime to Galveston. They have this part on the beach that's kind of like ducked off where nobody is. We'll go over there and sit on the car and eat, and I'll chase my son around in the little area. Um, so years ago, we used to have this beach party down here. I don't know if you ever heard about it. It's called the Capitol Beach Party. We used to have this every year in April. And I used to go. It was big. It was just black folks at the beach, wilding, right? <laughs> so um, the Capitol stopped doing it, and then it just became the Texas Beach Party for years. And I think the last time I went was like 2006, because I went to promote a mixtape. I was featured on by some other guys. And after that, maybe a few years after that, I never heard anything else about it. You know, I don't know nobody that go and hear nothing about it. So yesterday, me and my wife were like, well, let's go to Galveston, like, you know, go hang out. We went down there, man. It was black people everywhere. Because on the way down, I'm like, damn, man, it's kind of, it sure is a lot of black people on the freeway going towards Galveston. And I'm like, nah, I can't be the beach party. They, they, you know, that shit was over years ago. Man, we went up there. I mean, it was traffic everywhere, people walking up there. I'm like, damn, they still doing this shit. So wow. it was like beach party, yep. Mm. No so, mask in sight. Mm. So have you do you feel less safe now that there's no mask? Or you know, you know, people can just be do whatever they want. Do you feel as safe as you was when there was a mask mandate down there? Hell no. I don't I don't go nowhere. Okay. Like we don't go anywhere. Like, like I said, we'll go if we go to the beach, man. We'll go secluded. It's a secluded area we found. We go there. Um, food, as you know, like I said, waiting on curbside. I'm not. We not. We have not went in anywhere to eat. I think my wife went and sat out somewhere one time on the outdoor part. We didn't go anywhere. Um, shoes. If I hit in a store, most of the malls, the entrance is right next to the shoe store. So I'll go there, go in and go right back out. But outside of that, man, I don't fool around, especially like these restaurants. I've been seeing people go in these restaurants just full, bare face, even with their children. I'm like, I'm not going in there. Like, I'm cool on that shit. <laughs> I went, so on Saturdays are my cheat days because I work out six days a week. So I went into this new bar, like by my house. And as I walked in there, I noticed no one had a mask on me, but the people who worked there and myself. And I'm like, I'm just coming in here to pick up my food. Y'all are all sitting here with no man. They were line dancing together. The DJ didn't have a mask on. I'm like, 
oh my gosh, like curbside only, man. I don't go in nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a new black owned bar they wasn't gonna bring my food out i like their wing dip, yeah. so i had to go in but like i said i have my mask on sanitize yeah. my hands before i went in sanitize my hands when i got back in my car like so yeah so man it's crazy i can imagine how texas is right now man but i hope to come visit this year because i really want to see texas i've never seen texas and i just heard so many good things about texas man. i don't even know what part i'm coming to but i know i'm coming down there if you come to houston man go to turkey leg hut turkey leg hut thank me later <laughs> all right we'll look that up when we get off of here man like i'm gonna look that up i'm definitely you know that's what that's what james harden ass was always at instead of practice uh, okay <laughs> i understand you see a lot of pictures with him the pj posted up at, at turkey leg uh, yeah. he's working on a different type of triple double in there huh yeah yeah <laughs> well i would like to just thank you for taking the time out of your day to do this for me man i was really Really wanted to interview you, man. I just really thought you were an interesting person, and I just really wanted to learn. And I learned way more than I intended, so that's even better, man. So, like yeah. I said, I watch your YouTube. I need to subscribe. I don't know why I subscribe. I'm terrible at subscribing to people's stuff. But I want that subscribe button, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to definitely let you know some shoes that I'm interested in. So, if you can help me get them, man, most yeah. definitely, man. And I just... I appreciate you. I'm going to put the link in for your YouTube page in this one. It's come out, man. So I'm just very glad that we got to meet. And uh, I'm very grateful to know someone like you. You you seem very humble and you just, you got so much to share, man. So I'm just thankful for that. I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me, man. I, it's greatly appreciate. I haven't, I don't, I haven't really, nobody has reached out to me, man, in ages to interview for nothing. So. Right. <laughs> I don't, you know, I the music thing, I used to do a lot of interviews, but since I've been doing, like, shoes, it's, like, maybe once a year you'll get somebody to come out of nowhere and ask them. I'm, I like interviewing because I just like sharing information anyway, so. Right, yeah. and, I'm, and I, I'm glad you wanted to share information, man, because I'm a sponge, so any information we get, I get from you going forward, man, it's going to be greatly appreciated. Quick question for you. Okay. Do you... What what made you do your podcast on Zoom as opposed to any other platform? So, you know, um, I wanted to do it in person, but it was the pandemic, so you can't do it in person. Yeah. So as I started looking into what's a good platform, you know, everybody has their, how can I say it, their particular taste. And when I got the Zoom, it was just the simplest thing. Like you sign up. You schedule a meeting, you send out a link, and it works. It's nothing more to it. You know, get your mic right, get your headphones right, and it's easy, it's simple. And, you know, because of the pandemic, they was giving people free time. Like, I was fully prepared to buy whatever the best plan was. You you, you thought about doing YouTube Live? Yeah, but I don't have a lot of followers. I only have the like reason why I asked followers. that is because you have your... But, but here's the thing, like, for me... And it, I, I'm just, just my opinion. If, if with here, even if you have your followers, they'll sign into your Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm watching this interview, I have to log in or hit a link, or you have to send out a link. Or how does that work? So I send out a link. You can watch on YouTube, or you can listen to it on streaming sites. So they're watching this on YouTube. They can when it comes out. When I put, you know, when I upload it to my YouTube, they'll be able to watch it. And the reason why I ask is because. Honestly, like I'm thinking about doing mine on my sneaker channel like once a week, but um I thought I also thought about doing it live too because even the thing <laughs> is even if you have 
let's say you say you have a few followers, right? I have 30. But, okay, 30. But if you on live, a lot of times the algorithms, if I open up my YouTube and you live, it'll show that you're live even if I'm not following. So sometimes you'll have, you'll put yourself in a, in a situation where you have audiences that you don't even know or cater to that can tap into that market live and engage live while you're actually having it. So if you're interviewing somebody and they have a question, if, if you want to go to a segment where you can have the people who follow and ask question, you have a built-in base that answer questions and you have people that don't even, may not even follow it or, but intrigued by the interview, they can come in and ask questions and you can gain more followers that way too. You know what I'm saying? So like for me, I always try to look at what platform I feel like Sometimes we'll look at, okay, well, this is easy, so I'm going to go this route because it's easy. But sometimes a drawback to it, it could be, it's easy, but this caters only to my base, and I have to continuously send my base something in order for them to see it, as opposed to me putting something at a place where anybody can just see it at that moment and automatically engage. Because, see, I can watch this. If you post this on YouTube after it's over, somebody may see it and may have a question for me or you, but it's too late. But if you're doing it live on YouTube, they can come in right now and ask that question. And you can also put your um, cash app in there and they can actually send donations while they're watching this shit. So if people want to pay you to ask a question or just pay you, period, because they like the content they seeing, you getting paid while you while you giving this content. Because I ain't going to lie, like, aside this probably the only, this is the first thing I've done while I've given content for free on YouTube because my page ain't monetized. I don't have enough subscribers and I right. don't have enough viewers. But uh, this is, like I said, this is the first piece of content. When I was doing podcasts and I got paid for it, you know what I'm saying? So I'm telling you because you can grow your base and you can get paid for it. Like I can, we gonna tap in on some companies that I can see, I can't guarantee, but I can give you some resources that can probably help you from an affiliate marketing standpoint where you can get paid and you can people that can watch it live can actually tip you and, and give you donations while you actually doing your show live. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, yeah. okay. I appreciate the free game, man. Like I always thought, like when I do my first one in person, that I was gonna YouTube live it. Like that was my my goal. But now I feel like nah. maybe, maybe my nah. next one need to be live regardless. Live, man. Go live. It don't matter. Like I know you want to be a person, but man, this it it don't matter. Honestly, it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Because you can still, it's, it's all about, sad enough, this shit is all about engagements and algorithms, man. Like, I can have better content than another YouTuber, but this YouTuber could have fucking 15,000 subscribers because he put his shit in his algorithms. But my content could be better, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So put yourself in a position of engagements, man. That's the, that's the thing is engagements. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's hey. unfortunate enough that, you know, in this era of society is everything is fucking algorithm and number based and not talent and likeness and shit. Right, right. So, you know, you, you got to play the game to win sometime, you know, that, that, and that's all it is. Even with, with music or being a comedian, it's all about, how many people can you draw in opposed to how many people, how funny are you actually, how how likable you are. So I agree. I, agree. I can't lie. Some of the shit I pull off, if I told you, I don't know. Like I dropped a project. I know we, we I'm I'm sorry. I know I'm talking. Yeah, no, like, get us free game. I, I put out a project in 2017, right? 
It was a mixtape called the Big Homie Mixtape. I recorded it in this room that I'm talking to you in. I recorded it myself. I mixed it myself. And I am not a professional. I am not an expert. I just wasn't paying nobody. I was just going to figure this shit out. I had a free program. It was a Pro Tools SE. It was a student edition. And I hate that, that I don't have that computer no more because that program was dope. It was simple and minimalistic for a new person in engineering, you know, recording engineering. So I recorded it, mixed that shit myself, did the own the artwork. Uh, I did 2.5 million streams of that project. And I made a lot of money because it's on streaming. So I made, I don't want to say a lot of money, but a decent, some thousands, you know what I'm saying? I did right. oh, no wow. overhead, you know what I'm saying? 2.5 million. Wow. I, I'm going to send it to you. 2.5. Yeah, send it to me, man. That's incredible because I have Pro Tools on my desktop and on my laptop. And I bought this inbox so I can use it properly and whatnot. And I never use Pro Tools. I just use the other stuff I like, you know, outside mm -hmm. of like Fruity Loops and Adobe, Adobe Audition. That's what I do my mastering in. And I just, I really need to learn how to use Pro Tools because Pro Tools, that's what it's for. Like the mixing and Pro Tools supposed to be I don't know how to use, like, see, I don't know how to use the Pro Tools that everybody else uses. Mm -hmm. The one that I had, if I showed, I don't have it anymore, but if I showed you how that shit look, it's simple. Like, you would open it up, and it would just have a knob. That was it. The knob was for the reverb and whatever. It was, like, reverb, the volume, ratio, and, like, two other things. The the high, the gain, and the low, or some shit like that. And that was it. That was it to the mixing. Wasn't no mixing board. Were you doing all this shit up and that? Wasn't none of that. It was just knobs. And you would turn these knobs till that shit sounded right to you. You know what I'm saying? And I used that to put out that project. It was seven songs. I mixed it. One, only one beat had was original beat. The rest of that shit was instrumentals. And I put that shit on streaming, and it did 2.5. Wow. And I, I can't lie to you. I don't even know how it did 2.5. I try to do, I try to look. A lot of it came from YouTube Red, like the new uh, streaming shit YouTube. So I'm guessing people either watch the video, watch a video that they added that song on it. But you can listen to albums on there too. So I'm guessing they listen to the album on there. I don't know how the algorithms did that shit, but they listened to it. And then... It's a lot of cheat codes in this in this music business, and that's why this shit is just the number. The whole streaming shit is is bullshit. To be honest with you, you can you can take your song if you do a YouTube like if you do your your like this interview right. If you take this interview and put it on YouTube and you upload one of your songs to play in the background at a low volume, that's a stream, bro. Really. That's so every time somebody view it, that's another stream. Fam, I'm so glad you just told me that. <laughs> I'm so glad you just told me that because when we all out, I go and look at my numbers and I okay, well, where did this come from? I had a song I did in 2011 called Winter Circle. And the song I looked and I'm like, okay, well, damn, why did this song take a spike? Because I didn't know. I'm like, well, damn, why did this song take a spike? I go and look to see where, like, it'll show you what platforms it was used. And then in some cases on what I use for my distribution, it'll show you if it's a video, what video it came from, or what song. And sure enough, that shit said, in hand, on feet review, the Nike whatever fucking shooter 
was I did, and that shoe had that video got like some, like a, a thousand views or something that had that song in it, and they counted that shit as streams. Well, this is definitely gonna have some music in it when it comes out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got stuff already. Yep. Wow. That's hey man, that's great. Listen, I'm so glad we did this. I'm so glad because I feel like more than anything, you're someone that's an ally and someone I'm I hope to continue to get to know, man, and just share things with because sometimes you meet people and you don't know why you meet them. Like, I don't even know yeah. how I followed you. I just know I saw you one day talking about some shoes and I clicked the like, I mean, the uh, follow button. Yeah. And here we are, man, just having a conversation about just life and money and passion and just things that we, that we doing or we want to do. And the pandemic, man, I just, life is weird like that. It just happens unexpectedly. Yeah. It is. It yeah. is. But yeah, man, how it's just, have fun. I've had fun doing this sneaker shit. Honestly, I've had fun doing this more than music, to be honest. Um, music was fun. The traveling is what I miss about the music. Everything outside of that, I don't miss. I don't miss some of the people that was involved in it, because you know how that shit go. You know more than anybody. Um, but this is fun, man. I've gotten to go places. I got invited to StockX. I went to StockX headquarters in 2018 and got to tour StockX headquarters. You know, they they they're like goat. Wow. So I got to, I got to go to their headquarters, man. I've been invited to grand openings for sneaker stores here in the city and got to go in before the store opened and see stuff, man. It's networking, meet up with some great people, man. I have a great group text of people and sneakers. I mean, it's just great, genuine people, man. And it's it's a breath of fresh air to, to have that many people in a network you deal with. That it's not a bunch of you know BS and, and smoke and mirrors. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yeah, man. That that's wonderful, man. God is definitely sending you places, man. He's definitely not done with you and what he wants you to do, man. He you your role is so big that you probably haven't even got to the middle of what he's got in store for you, man. Like you are you are definitely a a gifted individual with how you think and how you've been doing things in your life, man. And it's just wonderful, man. Like I'm going to keep paying attention, man. Cause one day I'm going to look up well, you're going to be on a commercial on TV. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that, oh, like what's he doing? Is that a Burger King ad? He got on some Burger King Nikes. Like it's coming. You know what? I'm trying to work on something, not a commercial, but I'm working on something. I'm okay. working on something. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it hidden until it's time for us to find out, man. Don't yeah. reveal it until it's time for us to find out. But I ain't, I ain't going to hold you no longer, man. I'm going to go ahead and get the rest of my evening because I'm ahead of you in time. So you probably like only 8 o'clock there or something like that. I don't even know what time it is, but I guess <laughs> yeah, whatever time. <laughs> yeah, I think y'all behind me because I remember my yeah. friend at Beaumont is behind me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're Eastern, so it's 9.30 here. So it's probably like 8.30 there. Yeah. Okay, so I appreciate you, man. Uh, I will give, send you the link when everything comes out. And I just look forward to just keep getting to know you and just following you and see where you go from here. Oh, man, same here, man. I'm going to keep my I'm going to get with you, too, about some music stuff. Because I, I still have a few people that, you know, that are artists. So if you do beats, I'll definitely link y'all together, man. Absolutely. Right. Hey, man, wonderful. I appreciate that. So like I said before, I always get out of here. Stay safe. Wear your mask, drink water, and eat more chicken. And after that, man, we out of here. <laughs> All right. All right.